Hi everyone, I'm Christina Burnett, your host for the It's Natural podcast. On this episode, my guest is Amanda Bodier, who I was so inspired by and happy to have a in real life conversation with as we have been following each other on social for a few years now. Amanda is someone who is so exuberant and magnetic with how she shows up both on and offline. As you will see throughout our conversation, she is insightful and authentic sharing her journey. We cover quite the gamut of topics, so there is something for everyone. Some of the topics we discussed is dispelling the balance myth that is especially a feel plagues, and we talk about this more, plagues moms who are working or following something, a passion outside of the home. And I've seen it too, and I have wondered it too, but you wonder how to balance it all and just going into that myth and dispelling some of those notions. And then we dive into defining your joy and when this might call you to create your own path, breaking the cycles of depending on alcohol or becoming a workaholic as a crutch, especially when they can be used as a coping tool at any age, but in particular in that transition, when starting out on your own as a young adult and Amanda gets very vulnerable here with her own journey. I found it very helpful and also relatable as I went through many of the aspects myself. And then the conversations pivots to the years Amanda and I have spent in the wellness industry and how it has evolved, especially becoming more aspirational with the visual acceleration of social. We also discuss when wanting to take a leap and venture into your own business or calling and how to do it in a manner that is authentic to you leading back to your joy. And like I said, we're just skimming the surface here. We go the full gamut in this conversation of different topics that we talk about. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, Amanda. So you and I were chatting a little bit of how we met. And of course, we met on social. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you're on and could just start with a little pitch and introduce yourself and we can go into. Sure. Well, this is the only part that I like prepared and wrote down because I wanted to make sure I nailed it. So (laughs) I'm Amanda Bodier. Um, I'm a coach. I'm a spiritual teacher, I'm a startup advisor, and I am the founder of Full Plate, Full Cup. And Full Plate, Full Cup is a coaching collective creating tools and experiences that help bring more joy and fulfillment to busy professionals. And it's still in the cooker. So lots more to come on Full Plate, Full Cup. I feel like everyone could use that no matter where they are right now. Because we're all have that full plate. Yeah. Not not yes. necessarily in the balanced way either. Yes. <laughs> and then just how I mentioned that we have followed each other on social. I just have seen that your evolution over the last couple of years and from different brands professionally, just your kids growing up yeah. and having another one who's is she two or three, right? Two. Now? She's okay. Two, yeah. <laughs> what has been your definition in finding your balance lately? Yeah. I think for me, um, I always come back to kind of, well, a couple of words, but joy is a Mm -hmm. really big word for me in my life. Um, Things are not balanced in my life most of the time, um, but they're quite joyful. And I try to hone in on and focus on the joyful moments as much as possible, seek out more joyful moments for me, for my career, 
for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think joy allows us to remember that even when things are crazy, they're still really wonderful. Um, and that can take away a little bit of the, um, the anxiety or the spinning. And then the other word that I, that I talk about a lot is empowerment, right? Like the tagline of my business is lifestyle strategies for empowered living. And so what, what I mean by that is I don't think it's possible to really find work-life balance, particularly if you have children, yeah. <laughs> no offense to people without children. Yeah. It's hard for you too. Yeah. But what I think people should be looking for is what I refer to as work-life empowerment. And what mm-hmm. that means is you have the ability to make more empowered choices about how you're using your time, right? So let's say I decide like Friday, I'm going to go see my energy healer and I'm blocking (laughs) four hours to go see my energy healer. And then I have an hour and a half blocked to do work at 830 at night after my kids are in bed. Guess what? Does it look balanced to be doing work at nine o'clock or 930 on a Friday night? No, but I made that choice, right? If I want to make the choice to spend Wednesday gardening because my kids are both in school and daycare and camp and then take clients on Sunday when my husband can watch them, once again, working on a Sunday, oh, that looks out of balance, right? But I made that choice. I had the power to choose where I was going to find my moments of peace and balance and where I was going to, you know, deal with it because we all have a lot to do. Um, and I think just having a, a, the power to control when you're doing what you're doing is what really makes us kind of feel more quote unquote balanced. I love how you are talking about just how intertwined it is, because I think that's sometimes harder when you are trying to separate them or keep them so separate, especially if you work for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that's impossible times to keep them completely separate. And I love how you're mentioning that it's so intertwined, but that's how it's working for everyone. And that's what you need to do. How I was going to say, there's also phases, right? Like right now I have a very young child. I had a couple of years in between my kids where my son was like weaned and potty trained and I had a little bit more space, Yeah, you know, and then baby number two came. Right. And so the past two years have been really like heavily leading into, you know, I breastfed her up until like three weeks ago. So, but in a few years, she's going to be school age. She's not going to need me as, as much as she does now. And in 10, 15 years, I have all the time in the world to, you know, do all of my things when my kids are teenagers and want nothing to do with me. Yeah. Right. So I think it's also um, when you are in a particularly acutely busy phase, whether that's because of work or kids or both, it's knowing that, Hey, like I made this choice. This is a beautiful period of my life. This is not a period of my life where I'm getting manicures and my hair done. Like I don't have time for all of those things, right? If I have two hours free, I got to do my meditation, maybe my exercise. I got to clean the house. These are choices that I made. And so just remembering that I did have autonomy and I was empowered in, in deciding to be, you know, a mother of two. Yeah. Um, that also makes me feel like I'm in control of my situation and my situation isn't controlling me. Yeah. And I just love how that's an observation with our little ones and how they're always, whether we know it or not, or if they lead on or not, that they're always observing us Yeah, and to show that those little priorities I know are just huge. And you'll just hear little snippets from them too, of like, 
all of a sudden they're deep breathing and they catch on to that. And now from our sponsor, let's talk about something that's been trending lately, but not all of us like to talk about gut health. If you're like me, you might be looking for a probiotic to help support digestion and your gut health. And it can be a struggle to find a probiotic that works for you, especially if you don't like taking pills or have specific dietary restrictions. So I'd love to share with you my favorite probiotic, Mary Ruth's Organic Liquid Probiotic. Not only is this probiotic USDA certified organic and vegan, but it's easy to take flavorless liquid that can be mixed into water, your morning smoothie, or even take it on its own. It seriously tastes like nothing. Mary Ruth's organic liquid probiotic is formulated with 12 vegan probiotic strains to support a healthy microbiome, which is important to promote gut lining health to help support a robust immune system. For a limited time, just for my listeners, you can get one organic liquid probiotic two ounce for free. Just visit maryruthorganics.com and enter code evergreen20. Again, that's maryruthorganics.com and enter code evergreen20, E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N 20. I hope you enjoy this probiotic like I have. what made you lead into what your priorities were like before kids? So how did you take care of yourself? Is that always been something that you've been into or is that? (laughs) Well, it's really interesting. I think to answer that question, I have to go back a little bit. Um, I was as much of a mess as you could probably possibly imagine someone to be from maybe age 14 until 21. Um, Yep. 21, 22. Those I mean, are those good prime years of messiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was a dark time. You know, I had a, a really bad eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I became a big binge drinker, drug user, partier. Um, I was unbelievably anxious. I had panic attacks. Um, my self-worth, my body image. I mean, it, I was, I, I was a dark person. Like I yeah. just wasn't, um, but there was a part of me, I think that always knew that I wanted something different. So mm-hmm. all of the shifts in my life started very slowly. So like 18, I took my first yoga class and I started to be like, oh, like all of this abuse that I'm doing to my body through eating, you know, my, I, I was able to heal my eating disorder. I believe through yoga and mindfulness while I was yeah. in college, drinking drugs, all of it when I started practicing yoga, when I started reading yogic scripture, I started to realize that all of the negative things that I was doing to my body were actually also damaging my spirit. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like I hated my body. I didn't care about my body. Like my body would, could disappear is, is really what I think a lot of women can relate to. Yeah. It all, it only brought me pain and misery. At least that's how I felt at that age. But in reading, you know, the yoga sutras and the Bhagavad Gita and, you know, some of the other spiritual texts, I was like, oh, like I have a spirit. It lives inside of this body and there's all this energy that's covering it. And guess what? When I don't take care of it, when I punish it on the treadmill for four hours, when I drink or do drugs, like it's not just my body that's suffering. It's actually my spirit. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what started to pull me out of it. And then it was just an evolution from there. So it started with yoga, then I became a vegan. And when I became vegan, it was much more for like ethical and energetic reasons. Mm-hmm. I really wanted my prana. For me, it wasn't like I was not, you know, I was the opposite of wellness. I was the opposite of self-care. And as I started to incorporate these practices into my life, the, the light started to come back, you know, like that, that light, that joy that lives inside of us, it started to come back bit by bit. And I loved that feeling. And I wanted more of it. And that really set me on the path to where I am today, which many twists and turns we might go into. But for me, it was, once again, it comes back to joy. I wanted to be joyful, right? Even like drinking and partying. It's a really misguided and destructive attempt at seeking joy. Yeah. You think you're happy when you're 19 and you're drunk at a nightclub. You yeah. think you're happy. Um, and so for me, I think it was seeing those little sparks and those little glimmers of real joy bubbling up inside of me. I was like, oh my God, I need more of this. I need more and more and more. And you know, that, that took me on a very long path to where I am today. I love that. The sparkle through practice. That's so like, and it's funny. I can relate to like, that's the first thing. Um, I like learned yoga, I think in PE at, I don't know, 11th grade or something and have been doing it on and off ever since. So that's so funny. That's yeah, like a starting point for myself as well. Yeah. Back to when you were talking about your teenage years and early twenties and how that was a hard time drinking drugs and eating disorder. Did that all start like, did it start with a trickle effect or was it just a flood of just everything. Yeah. I think, you know, I was a performer as a child. Um, and there was, you know, I was doing musical theater and dance and all of that. And there was such a big emphasis on body and body size. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm currently 38 years old. I'm a size six, eight. I've pretty much been that size, maybe a little bit fatter when I was drinking, (laughs) but I just, I matured pretty early and was hyper aware that I was bigger than other girls that were in my dance class or going out for parts. And so for me, the eating disorder was really the first thing that happened. And it really didn't work if I'm honest, but it gave me a se- that sense of control, right? Yeah. That sense of control. Also that self-punishment, like mm-hmm. this body is bad. It doesn't deserve to take up as much space as it is. Right. So that's mm-hmm. how that started. And then when I got to high school, um, I was, you know, playing sports and hanging out with the older kids and drinking was quickly a way to become cool and popular and liked and disassociate, you know, that was my first real, uh, you know, foray into disassociation. And it is so easy to find people who want to get drunk or do drugs with you (laughs) when you're a teenager, right? And when you don't love yourself and when you don't have tools to communicate my family god bless them they are amazing but you know that generation our generation people weren't talking about mental health and no and wellness wellness wasn't cool wellness was not cool until i had been in wellness for like 10 years it's Um, amazing how much it's shifted yeah so i think for me it was um all of those all of those habits were almost a way to hide It was Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to protect myself from any more 
pain or embarrassment that was mostly, you know, fabricated. Um, but I was so painfully self-conscious and, um, you know, drinking and partying, I, I mean, in our society, it's just so accepted. No one, I mean, I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't a drug addict. I was a heavy user, but so was like everybody yeah. I knew. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I was never, um, you know, never, I, 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 when I talk about my, my drinking years, I always say, I'm lucky that never got in a car accident, never got arrested, never had an overdose, you know, none of those bad things, you know, happened to me, but I, it was, a, it was a problem. It was severe. And, um, and so, you know, sobriety and, and giving up drinking, which I, I didn't fully give up drinking until 2018. Um, it was much less frequent, but, you know, since I've, I've really cut that out of my life altogether, I think it's really catalyzed a lot of spiritual awakenings and a lot of spiritual growth that wouldn't have happened if I'd still been using that sort of as a crutch to mm -hmm. numb, to disassociate, to fabricate joy. Right. Yeah. Like I got to find the real stuff. It's like down inside my soul. It's not like, here's my joy. I'm going to pour it into a glass and drink it down and woo, all of a sudden it's fun. Right. Yeah. More performative than, yes. yeah. Yes. I feel like exactly. sometimes as women too, like when you go out, like you have to be, I always call them the woo girls, like, you know, yeah. woo, and you have to put this on and like this yeah. presence on. And it's so hard when you're in that environment or you don't know what else to do sometimes. Yeah. But I think what happens, especially as a young girl is like that. Oh my God. Yay. Woo. Got a lot of like, you know, judgment and like my natural enthusiasm mm -hmm. was shut down a lot. And was sort of laughed at, or, you know, I was made to feel silly or whatever. But then it's like, oh, when you drink, you can be like that. And suddenly yep. it's accepted and people like it. And if someone judges me, I have no idea because I'm half blackout anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, so it took me, you know, 20 some years to come back from being this like naturally exuberant, you know, five, six, seven year old child through these dark years of, you know, adolescence. And I'm like, shit, like that's such an interesting and fine line when you're younger being your authentic self, but that being not acceptable, but then body wise, that's not acceptable. So you're trying to play small in that Ooh. way and yes. yeah. a lot to go through. So you're worth your transition into finding your inner joy and going through different teachings and spiritual practices. Was that a streamlined thing or was it like a trickle effect through that process? Yeah. So um, nothing in my life has been super streamlined. <laughs> you know, it all makes a little bit of sense looking backwards, but so first was yoga, which I also took as like a PE credit in college and that yeah. kind of started things. Then I became a vegan. I started practicing yoga at Jiva Mukti, mm -hmm. was very deep into those circles, started going on retreats. And at that time I was a young 20 something working in the nightlife industry, mind you, in New York city after I graduated from Columbia. Um, and I had to pay the bills. I didn't have that much, you know, I, I don't come from money, you know? So the reality was I was doing my day job, which was also fun and exciting in, in all the ways um, and doing as much yoga and kind of spiritual research as I could um, in the evenings. In 2012, I decided to do a yoga teacher training because there was finally one that was offered on the weekends for like, you know, people that can't just 
take yoga yeah, teacher the training and two hundred hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was still two hundred hours, but it was split up. It was on the weekend. yeah. It's not just one week. Right. Um. And so I did that, and things were at the same time really progressing for me at work. I was working for a big uh, hospitality group. I had become a partner, and here's the big moment in my life. Um. I found out that I had a heart condition that was being severely exacerbated by stress by lack of sleep, by just basically how fast I was living my life. Mm -hmm. And of course you find that out. I had to get heart surgery. I was 28 years old. Oh, wow. And that was a huge kind of like decision point in my life. Um, I took a year sabbatical, went down to new Orleans where my husband is from for like, you know, a slow pace of life. It's like eat, pray, love year, right? I actually (laughs) did. I went to India I went to India for two months in New Orleans. Um, Beautiful. And during that time, I became a certified meditation teacher. I became a IIN certified health coach. I did a yoga therapy training through Urban Zen. Mm-hmm. And I spent the entire year teaching yoga, teaching workshops, meditating, doing self. Oh, I became a Reiki healer, you know, doing all of the things. Well, you didn't, um, you didn't miss I a beat. Do, I know. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, this is a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, I hadn't really publicly reflect, reflected on this phase of my journey that much, but what I can say with all certainty at my current age, looking back is that um, if I had had a little bit more self-confidence, a little less um, risk aversion. If I had had better money stories, both growing up that I had, you know, or had taught myself better money stories, I came back to New York and threw myself back into the world of work because I was scared that I couldn't make what I'm doing now a thing. I didn't believe in myself. I saw other people doing it. And I just didn't think that I had what it took or you know, looking at the money I was making, you know, six figures down to like $50 a class when you first start teaching yoga, my ego. I mean, it was, it was a whole thing where, you know, sometimes I think, wow, if I had stuck with it back in 2014 and I, you know, created an Instagram presence and a brand and whatever, I would be, you know, eight, nine years into this path instead of, you know, two months um, as, as a completely, you know, independent um, professional, you know, what I did when I came back to the city, working at incredible companies, making new contacts, becoming a certified executive coach, having my children, you know, which was the big two biggest spiritual awakenings of my life, a huge spiritual catapult. I think it cracked my heart open in ways that nothing else could have. Um, you know, I don't see it as wasted time. I, I, like so much has happened since since then that was so valuable. Love just sometimes we're so in the process. Yeah. That we aren't taking it in. Yeah. And well, I, the, yeah, the thing I really wanted, the reason why I really wanted to say that is because, um, I think for a lot of people who are want to start their own thing or maybe have tried previously and given up, like, look, I, I gave up, you know, I threw, I was too scared. I threw in the towel and I spent another eight years honing my craft, developing more skills, 
I'm in such a better position to be an, a, you know, an entrepreneur and a founder now than I was eight years ago. But if I'm being completely honest, I threw in the towel, you know, yeah. um, I didn't stick it out. And I think it's important for people to know that, that like, you don't get one chance. You get as many chances as you want to give yourself. And like, if you've already given up or if you haven't tried yet, or you feel like you're too scared to try, like there's no right way to do this. And there's no like, um, like there's no time limit on, on creating something that you've been dreaming of. It's okay to, you know, pivot and start and fail, quit, start again. You know, it's, it's all fair game. I think many people get caught up is when to start their dream and when to end a chapter when something's over with. And I love this kind of how you're just saying how your journey took you through so many different avenues and different processes. But then when you do that, though, you learn who you are and your translation of what you're learning. Absolutely. So you had mentioned that like we've both spent some time in wellness on our own journeys and then you professionally, what are some of the biggest trends that you've seen in this shift that's happening, especially with social media and the prominence of it everywhere on our feeds? Yeah, I think, you know, when I started in wellness, I mean, I started at the first kind of real foray into wellness. I read a book by Kathy Freston that was called quantum wellness. And that was like, it wasn't the nineties, but it was like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I became, that's when I became vegan, um, when I was 21 and I'm, thir- you know, 38 and a half now. Um, and for many years, like I was the only vegan person I knew it was very like, you know, not cool. And like, you know, I was working in nightlife and my like yoga and veganism was like my hobby. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's so strange. Like, <laughs> yeah. why do you want to do that stuff? Um, and then I think actually like Sakara was like 2012, I think they started. I started, I didn't start working there until 2017, but um, like 2012, 2013 is when like wellness started to like creep out of the shadows a little bit. And yeah. there was like, like one of my yoga mentors, Heather Lilliston, um, she had a company called Yoga for Bad People that like, she's a Jiva Mukti yogi, like very mm. deep into the studies, like not a, you know, not an Instagram yogi at yeah. all. But people like that started to like make it a little bit cool and a little bit more acceptable to be into wellness. And now we're kind of like at this tipping point, right? Where like everyone who's cool and chic has to have a wellness routine and a wellness brand and a wellness this and a wellness that. And it's become really a status symbol for in a lot of ways. And I think, look, like, if it gets people to really do things that are more like, there's a part of me that's like, Oh God, like does Travis Barker need a wellness line? I don't know. Maybe he does. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't know enough about his, his life to say whether or not he does, his but like, you know, just yeah. does Kate Hudson need a leggings line and like every celebrity need like a line of products in the wellness space, or is it just capitalism, you know? But at the end of the day, if people are going to be promoting something, you know, I would rather them be promoting a healthy lifestyle and, you know, things that are good for you versus like, you know, when I was young, it was like, you know, everything was about in the club, you know, every song, every, every like commercial, you know, Rihanna was a spokesperson for like vodka, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. So 
you know, the vitamin the, water was the healiest thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There, 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 is a, there is a purist in me, um, that would love to reserve some of the sp- more spiritual teachings for the masters. Yeah. Um, and also making sure that there is, um, you know, for young people that are so impressionable to know that like, you don't need to buy every single thing in order to be well. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like a rising tide lifts all ships, so to speak. So if, you know, the Kardashians talking about plant-based diet gets people to eat more greens, amazing. People need to eat more greens, right? If like, I don't know, Giselle Bunchen meditating, gets more people to meditate. You can tell how like out of touch I am with like who's famous. No, I was <laughs> I like, know. oh yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes is so aspirational yeah. in the labels it is and the boxing in. And again, I think it's going back to even your own journey of just not listening to yourself or tuning into yourself again, instead of you're doing this program and filling yeah. in this, instead of the drinking now, it's how many green juices can I have? Well, does this green juice feel good in my body? Yeah. Does it, is it yeah. feeling me? Yeah. That checking in. Um, do you think social media and that the presentation of it on social media is kind of what is lending itself to that labeling and that aspirational yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful that social media wasn't around when I was younger and I'm, I'm fearful for my children as they get older, because I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, I've recently pivoted to be a coach, a founder, a brand, you know, all of us that have businesses and are, you know, um, professionals giving services out into the world, we have a brand, right. And social media is a visual medium Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, the things that perform, look the prettiest, have the best editing, have the best prop styling. Right. And so that aesthetic. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I am someone who leans very strongly into communication, as you might tell, I I might, you know, might be able to, I love to talk. I love to write. It comes very natural to me. I don't have to think about it. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've done all the research. I have lots to talk about and say, I don't have to think about what my content is going to be, but my, you know, what I'm putting out into the world is not going to be the like perfect place setting where you see like the salad plated with the gold spoon and the sunlight creeping yeah. into the window, right? With a touch of shadow. Right, with the touch yeah. of shadow. But that's what resonates in that mm-hmm. medium. And I think that, you know, I, there are more celebrities and influencers like showing that raw side. But for everyone that does that, there's 50 other like perfect bikini blondes posting about their smoothie. And I'm like, can you just talk about the bikini instead of the smoothie? Because honestly, yeah. like, let's just keep it real. Like, yeah, yeah. they're selling tits, not, yeah. you know, protein powder. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 there's nothing we can do about it, right? Like, this is the time, this is the era that we live in. Mm-hmm. I think what's important, you know, for someone like me, who is deeply spiritual, who's done the work, who's doing the work, right? Who really ascribes to the teachings of the current masters, the, you know, the scriptures, like the current science, the, the really sort of like rooted and, and rigorously researched stuff to be an alternative, you know? Like you can't get rid of the, you know, I was looking at this woman last night that my friend tagged, who was like, like bleached bikini, big boob, fake boob, blonde sitting on a um sitting on a some type of uh, sports car 
And her bio said, transformational coach. And I was like, oh Lord, sister. Like, yeah. oh Lord. Like, yeah. God bless you. But yeah. like, what? What? Like, why? Yeah. You know, just like be a bikini model. Like, yeah. Let's, you know, but we're we're not getting rid of those people. And we're not, we're not gonna take away their followers. People love that. You know, people, yeah. uh, whether they love it or they just like are addicted to that visual stimulus mm-hmm. stimulation, what I'm doing what I think, you know, you're doing other people in the space are doing or say, guess what? I'm real. I got two kids. You know, I, I, I have messages to deliver that have value and mm. they are going to look the way that I look. They're going to sound the way that I sound, you know, one day I might invest in some better lighting, you know, a backdrop yeah. or something, mm-hmm. but there will never, you know, it's an, it's another alternative for people who, who maybe are over, the mm-hmm. phase of their life where they want everything to be in that perfect Instagram or TikTok or whatever mm-hmm. it is aesthetic. We're not going to get rid of that. So the only thing that we can do is create really authentic platforms for people and let people choose what resonates with them. Honestly, like mm-hmm. that's all we can do. And I think that's a talked about a lot is authenticity. And I think it's yeah. beautiful. And that's what keeps drawing me in and why I do my work. But I also think with you and what we're just our conversation now is just you're saying the story and the various levels and how it's a windy road and yeah. it's not all aesthetically pleasing but <laughs> here it is and but the knowledge and the wisdom behind that yes yeah, so we can get it all get another ring lights and we'll make our pictures look better and we'll learn the editing yeah. later but yeah. just the actual message the authentic message behind it yeah my um, spiritual path actually made me care less about how I look and how things look. So, uh, it would be inauthentic for me to come on screen with, uh, you know, I don't want to look like I just rolled out of bed, you know, but I don't, for me to like be done and to come on screen with my house looking like it was staged by a prop stylist, like I did the work so that I would stop worrying about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like no, I'm I, always like, can their house cleaner please come over here? I need yeah, some help. I need the help. Yeah, yes. We yeah, all need the help. Yeah. You obviously have the backing. What made you take that shift though? Because I know you did have a very successful career in wellness <clears throat> spaces and help propel those brands. What made you yeah. take the pivot to your own coaching? Yeah. Well, I will say um, there's three things. And the first one I also just want to share because I think it is also important for people to hear. For many, I am married to an entrepreneur for many years. If I didn't have the steady W-2 paycheck that I had, the bills weren't getting paid. We have two children, you know, like we live in an expensive city. Mm -hmm. He was starting his own business and I was the one bringing home a steady paycheck. And Mm -hmm. guess what? I am risk averse. I know that about myself. That is an energetic signature that I have because of my trauma and all of that. Yeah. I've, I've, it's gotten less so over the years. Right. But I am not a jump in the net will appear type of person. That's not me. That's not my reality. I needed to have a steady paycheck until very recently. Um, I love that. That just doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Let's keep it real. Y'all like, could I have started coaching in 2018? That was when I got, you know, my executive coaching Mm -hmm. certification, I could have started then for sure, but I would have suffered financially. I would have had a lot of stress, like my family, like we wouldn't have bought a home that we bought, you know, in 2020, like 
let's keep it real. I needed yeah. a paycheck. So that's one. Number two, I think, so I was uh, head of business development at Sakara Life, and then I was a GM at Melissa Wood Health. During those two jobs, I really learned so much about the wellness industry. I got to meet all of the thought leaders, the doctors, the authors, the healers, the spiritual teachers. And it gave me a lot of confidence because I was right here with them, right? Like not the doctors, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm not like a medical doctor, but... Um, I could have, they saw me as a peer and that validation gave me the confidence to be like, you know what? I, I, I am an expert. Wait, I'm an expert. Like I, I know this is my subject matter. I've lived it for 20 years. I From know the student stuff. to the teacher. And we don't yeah. see that sometimes in ourselves, that teacher part, we yes. keep thinking we're the student and we keep studying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, oh no. So from a subject matter expertise standpoint, I'm ready. From a financial standpoint, I'm ready. And then I would say the last sort of kick in the butt. So I, I'm sure many of you, your listeners follow Melissa. I've known Melissa for 15 years. My boss in hospitality was her husband. I loved your guys' throwback pictures. Oh God, I was like, I was drunk in the club. Oh, oh like, I, no, I was like, oh, I had a few of those layered necklaces and man, I would have been right there with you guys. Yeah. Well, you know, working for Melissa and having been along literally like I did IIN before she did, right? Like there was a part of me that was like, I'm not living my passion and my mission. And, and there was basically a turning point. And I knew that I shouldn't be the one steer because I was the GM. That's basically like, you know, I ran everything. And I knew that for it, I wasn't doing myself a favor, but I also wasn't doing her a favor. You know, like there are people out there who are at the stage in their journey where their dream in that moment is to lead a business. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I took the job, not to say that it, it wasn't my dream, um, because I was so, you know, I was so excited about it. I love Melissa, but when you get to work every day with someone who literally went from cocktail waitress to, you know, wellness superstar, and I have this gift and this yearning in me to really heal people, um, creating budgets, managing spreadsheets, you know, like doing an HR platform, you know, all the things that go along with running a business. I, I was being held back from doing what I knew that I needed to do in the world. And um, rather than kind of dive into that next phase, because um, I knew that it was time to pass the baton to someone else who wanted to give 125% and didn't have this little, you know, longing, not little longing, big longing to be yeah. doing something else. So, you know, I, for me, what I care about, and the only thing that I really care about is bringing more joy and light to the world um, in any way that I can. And so that is why for me, being a coach, working with people one-on-one, -on -one, um, is, uh, is just the most kind of palpable way to fulfill that mission. And then the other piece of it is so full plate, full cup, which that is my personal life philosophy, you know, I love it, I, yeah. um, because it's so yeah. poignant for so many. Yeah. But it's, um, it's how I live my life. And what I realized as I was pivoting to this sort of, you know, entrepreneurial career is that I wanted full plate, full cup to not be synonymous with me. Right. I want to be on my own journey. I'm going to continue evolving, continue to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, 
full plate, full cup is my company. It, I'm not the only employee anymore, which is really exciting. More announcements coming there. I do have a team now. Awesome. Um, but it is a coaching collective. There will be more people involved with it. And it will really be an entry point for people who are busy professionals, ambitious people, leaders, entrepreneurs, dreamers who don't want to put the brakes on their life, really. They want to achieve. They want to build and accomplish and found and lead and, you know, be executives. But they also want their lives to be happy and they want to have a sense of joy and fulfillment in what they do. So there will be one-on-one -on -one coaching. There will be group programs. We have a couple of products that we have in the cooker, um, you know, a, a group offerings that are kind of consistent ongoing events because I come from that world. So of course I've got to do some um, events, you know, eventually a podcast. I definitely have at least one more book in me. Um, so, you know, that is something that I'm really passionate about that I'm building right now because having spent almost 20 years as a businesswoman, I do believe that leaders and executives are the change agents that we need in society right now, right? If you are a boss, like if you're an executive, think of how many people trickle down from you. It's not just your direct reports, it's your direct reports and their direct reports and their direct reports, right? And if you are a miserable person who <laughs> does not have self-awareness and does not have empathy or doesn't know how to communicate well, it just trickles down and then it trickles out into people's families and then it trickles out into like their kids, you know, and then their kids are at school pissed off and they don't know why it's because like the CEO of my mom's sister's company is, you know, whatever. And the thing is, so you hear a lot from the employee standpoint of people sort of complaining about bosses or whatever, but I work with a lot of the bosses, right? And they're good people. They want to do better. They mm -hmm. want to be you know, great leaders and they want to have empathy. They don't, they either don't know how because nobody teaches people how to be a leader. Absolutely. Yeah. Or they don't have the self-awareness to see what small things they're doing in their blind spot that are creating discord with their teams. So, you know, I, I want to be a person who has the legitimacy, right? I've been a leader. I've been an executive. I've helped found startups. You can trust me. I'm not I'm a woo-woo witch from Instagram, although I am that too. <laughs> but, you know, I have the legitimacy that I can work with someone who is a CEO or a founder, help them identify their blind spots, help them develop their communication skills, develop their EQ, and just go out there in the world and be so much of a more heart-centered leader. Um, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> no, that is beautiful. <laughs> no matter where we're coming from, if we don't have the tools, whether that's yeah. leading people or directing people. And there's so many facets that we're all going through right now yeah. that if we don't have the tools, then, and people like you who have done the work and who show up as themselves fully and presently, because they have the knowledge, they have the backing, then yeah, they're not going to be able to support themselves and let alone their people that they're yeah. leading you're the woman for it. I'm just like cheering you on. I'm like so exciting. I can't wait for all the announcements to come out. Yeah. Um, I know you have to go soon. So I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to add a couple quick fire answers yes. and questions for you. What is your favorite free wellness practice? Oh gosh. Breathing, breathing. five <laughs> deep, slow breaths as needed will change your life. 
Amen. Yes. Yes. I did it right before we started. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. And what is a resource that you're looking for? A book, a podcast, music, anything that you just have found inspiring or informative that you're loving? Yeah. Well, this is an oldie, um, but anyone who is like curious about starting a spiritual journey, I always recommend that they read Michael Singer's The Untethered Soul. Untethered Soul. I'm currently reading his new book, which is called Life Untethered. Um, and so it made me think of Untethered Soul. So I just started that one. Yeah. So if you're newbie on the spiritual journey, or if you're an oldie on the spiritual journey and you just happen to miss that one, Untethered Soul will change your freaking life. It's a oh, I need to read it again. I agree. I love it. Yeah. I have an audiobook. I love yeah. it. Yes. And then where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out all the social website. Yeah, I'm on Instagram personally at Amanda Bodier. Um, That is where I share more spiritual, personal, family type stuff. Um, It's very real and raw as we discussed. Love it. And then at Full Plate Full Cup, as well as fullplatefullcup.com. That is where I share everything about the business. Great tools for you, no matter where you are in your professional journey. Um, I'm launching a course this fall called be a better boss. And it's not just for executives. It's for people that have one direct report to, you know, a team of a thousand, um, and it's empathy and EQ training for leaders. So, um, if you are a leader and you're listening to this, or maybe you have, uh, you know, you want to tell your HR department to hit me up because you've got some leaders that maybe could use it. Um, it's going to be a really empowering and um, non-confrontational training. I want to get to people before they are assigned empathy training and help get it in front of them when they're, you know, two years into their management or three years into their management um, experience instead of, I mean, believe me, I see it happening all the time. Someone's been, you know, a leader for nine, 10 years. And all of a sudden they're getting sent to empathy training (laughs) because of poor uh, feedback from their direct report. So Anyway, this is sort of like my way to help um, bring empathy and EQ into the leadership development process in a way that companies maybe aren't doing. Yeah, and that is so needed right now. I love it. It is because everybody's (laughs) quitting. Everybody's quitting. We need good bosses. (laughs) Yes, we know. It's like it's it's ROI driven, you know, like companies like this is not fluff and woo woo. You want to keep your people. People don't quit jobs. They quit bosses. I mean, sometimes people quit jobs, but most of the time people quit bosses. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yes. And again, I would like to thank Amanda Bodier for coming on this show. I really appreciate not only our time, but also, again, the way that you show up and feel like we covered so many topics this week. Yet, I feel that they're so relatable for different stages of life where you might be. Her overall message of joy and bringing that back to you and your life and defining that for yourself. I really appreciated that reminder personally, but I think we can also use that reminder no matter where we are in our lives. And I would also like to thank our sponsor, Mary Ruth Organics. Again, Amanda and Mary Ruth Organics information will be in the show notes. And don't forget to grab your free probiotic with the code EVERGREEN20. That's E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N. 
2020. As a reminder, as we are a new and growing podcast, could you please take a moment to rate and review this podcast? And we love to hear from you. So please, in the comments, add in who you would like to see as our next guest or what topics you would like to have covered. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to talking to you next week. See you then.